Weird science. Uh, I'm not going to go first. So, Kelly, <laughs> what are we drinking? <laughs> we are drinking the Mad Scientist cocktail. So, for this drink, you're going to have to prep in advance. You need Skittles vodka. So, you need a 16 ounce bag Wait, of Skittles. The cold stuff. That's the big thing. She's doing That's that. She's got a whole thing. Oh. I got this. <laughs> <laughs> well, you said advance, but you only said Skittles. I feel like dry ice is way harder to find. I'm about Skittles. to tell how to pre- prep the Skittles vodka, which has to be done days in advance. God damn it. God damn it. Should have warned me. Mad scientist cocktail. So for this drink, you're going to have to prep in advance. you got to make Skittles vodka. So you're going to need a 16-ounce bag of Skittles. you got to split that shit up into colors, which is going to take you a little bit, but that's okay. You're going to need some pint-sized jars. You're going to put each of your colors into different pint-sized jars. And cover that with a cup of vodka. Just whatever kind of fucking vodka you like. Let that sit for a day or two. And then you are going to strain it through cheesecloth into another container. I actually double strained mine, so you can absolutely do that. Or if, or if you just like chunks in your shit. Yeah. <laughs> chunky vodka. Chunk, chunky vodka. <laughs> so I actually wants- double strained mine. Um, the re- the recipe actually doesn't call for that, but I did it because I'm anal or whatever. But <laughs> So then you've got your Skittles vodka. You're also going to need dry ice for this recipe. You're going to take an ounce and a half of your Skittles vodka, whatever color you like. Put in like six to eight ounces of a lemon-lime soda, like 7-Up or Sprite, and then drop in a chunk of dry ice. And it looks amazing and wonderful. Should we tell them about the dry eyes and how it is very hard to break up? Yeah. <laughs> I bought seven pounds of dry eyes. You do not need seven pounds. No. <laughs> you absolutely do not. Was that really seven pounds? It's 6.84 pounds. That shit was like $20. <laughs> no, it's hard as fuck to break. So don't just go in thinking that you're going to get your little hammer or whatever. Because what you end up using a microphone stand? <laughs> yeah. 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 And a yeah. hammer, I think, would work. We struggle. I, but, uh... <laughs> I Clean hammer. I couldn't find my hammer. So I had to use a heavy microphone stand. <laughs> I, feel like, I feel like an ice pick and a palm would work. Yeah, I said a meat tenderizer, but now after watching, I don't know that that would work. It would. 
You think so? Nice big chunks. Yeah, that feel like it will work. Yeah. Is there such thing as a bar hammer? Yeah. Your little tiny Don't I have one? Did I give y'all bar- one? Yeah, I gave them one with the yeah. bell. Well, why didn't we fucking use that? I gave y'all that little hammer with the bell. Oh, it's yeah, That was for that specific <laughs> it's, purpose. It's probably on the bar. It might be on the bar. Either way. I already given them one. Yeah. We fucked So, yeah, this is. Yeah. But it was fine. Guess who found her found her lost glasses that had been missing for like six, at least three months. I actually today. posted on Twitter about how pissed I was because all my shit They were was in, her, in her car in the dashboard where she said she had already searched. I did not search because she verified they were not there. You were missing your glasses for like three months. Yeah. Oh, it's been but way longer than three months. She thought I put them somewhere when I cleaned up the couple couple months ago or so. I'm going to have to take her side on this because without her glasses, she couldn't see. Right. But then why say I already checked my car's why trust that, me but, if you knew I didn't have my glasses? Because because she did because she did check she just couldn't see the things she was checking. She doesn't do that even with glasses. She doesn't actually search under things. She just opens the door, looks, and if she doesn't immediately see it, she's checked. I will even verify you really thoroughly check. She'll say yeah, and I'll pick up something. It'll be the first thing after I pick up like if a blanket true, or something. If that was true, we would have found my glasses <laughs> three months ago. I didn't look in the car because you said it was not there. I looked. <laughs> I looked through that house like six times. He did. I mean, I was pissed about it too. I was like, "You lost my fucking glasses. Yeah. <laughs> you lost my glasses." Yeah, she she used those words because she also said I lost her flip flops, which I did accidentally. I threw them in the corner next to some tools and stuff while I was cleaning up and didn't see they were over there. Her flip flops were lost. I found them. They're gone forever. There were no glasses. <laughs> Do we want to talk about my toothbrush? Because <laughs> that was also missing. Because he used it to clean his tissues. <laughs> I didn't think it was. I didn't think it was a used toothbrush. Well, he would need to. It yeah, looked I mean, so used. It looked like what he used for cleaning. It. It. It was a no. Used it looked like you would scrub grout with that. <laughs> no. You need to be way gentler on your teeth, son. No. Holy shit. <laughs> Now I'm wondering how often you change your toothbrush. It's supposed out. to be three months. I have the little heads up there. I change them out every, I buy month, the, um, every month. The battery operated every ones, month. but they're disposable, like the Oral B pulser uh, or whatever. Yeah, like, yeah. I love month. it. Fucking things, man. Way better. But yeah, I mean, she cleaned his shoes with him. Three months. They they found a dasher for our food. Oh, <laughs> y'all, there's gonna be food soon. So right when we start, they fucking find somebody. That's alright. We can yeah, we can, we can edit it out. Yeah. It'll be fine. Alright, so who wants to go first? Not me. Yeah. Uh, same thing. We'll do the same. Because I, I am also go. most interested in your topic. <clears throat> yeah, I'd never heard of it before. Like it. I didn't do any Let research me. or nothing. <laughs> <Bloody> <laughs> research. Oh, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> My fancy research Top device. Top level 007 MI6 research. Uh, so I'm just going to skim through this really quick because I feel like the conversation about this topic will be more interesting than the topic. Yeah. Uh, so I did a little bit of research on a Dr. Leo Stanley. And uh, way back in the ni- early 1900s, I think this said like 1919 or something like that. Um, anyways, 1919, I was correct about that. So, this guy, he he was yeah. a doctor for San Quentin Prison, and his specialty was transplants of organs, specifically men's testicles. So, he started off by reaching out to families of, uh, <laughs> he would reach out, reach out to... <laughs> 
Sorry. Every time you say reach out, I imagine a guy. Because we're so juvenile. Okay, I'll, so as soon as she left, I laughed at the same thing. So he would contact the families of inmates that were well, about to be <laughs> executed and stuff, and he would be like, "Hey, you know, you, this this dude's about to get executed, or he, he's soon gonna die. Can I take organs from his body? Can I cut off his his balls?" <laughs> I feel like he was much more general about it. Can I yeah. dissect the body? Don't cut off the ball. So, so right. he he would offer him money, usually about ten grand, which that's is a lot of money. That's, that's roughly a hundred and fifty thousand dollars in today's money. I already have a question. Can I stop? Her yeah, quick? go ahead. Seventy five thousand um, dollars for each ball. No, I'm not doing math. Oh, um, okay. You know how like when you sign up to be an organ donor, does that that just counts your balls too, right? Everything like I never that. would have thought about it. But they didn't have that back then, really. That wasn't a thing. Yeah. Okay. No, I was just making sure. So, um, but nowadays, so if you're an organ donor, they could take your your balls and put them on somebody else, though. They just did a whole thing where they dissected a body, and then you've just got a bunch of kids. You're supposed to let your family, or at least here, you're supposed to let your family members know, like, you know, I want them, they can take everything, or they can take my organs, but not my eyes, or not my skin, or or whatever you want. But if you want the government to do, they can do whatever they want. They can dissect it, blow it up, throw it in a. I've had ball transplants, and now there's a bunch of fucking kids running around that are, like, related to people that they don't know about because their dad had a ball transplant. <laughs> I don't think it works like that. Why there would ever be a ball transplant? I guess Matt's about to tell yeah. us. I'm sorry. Uh, so, way back then, California passed one of their first eugenics laws, and so he, he really got his start in just sterilization. Like he would, you know, pretty much perform vasectomies on on inmates and stuff, and then later on in his career, he moved up to actually transplanting. He said that he thought all inmates were feeble minded anyway, so I mean, like they don't they don't know the fucking any better. He did that for about ten thousand different inmates. So some people they they would volunteer for it, and some people, you know, it was just. Hey, this is the law. We're cutting your shit off, you know. He started doing experiments, and he would take the the testicles off of men that had, like, high testosterone level, transplant them to men that had lower testosterone levels, and see if it increased their testosterone and stuff like that. And he's known for doing all these weird-ass fucking crazy-ass science experiments. With dude's balls. <laughs> Did they tell the recipients of these ball transplants where the balls came from, for one? Well, I'm Probably sure not. they would assume it's other um, inmates, right? And well, then, so it's the so, inmates' babies in there, right? So, um, a, a lot of his work was from... No, like, if you needed a ball transplant and they gave you a ball transplant... The, so the all, babies are in the balls, right? So now we're having a convict's baby. But once you get a transplant after a while, you would create new shit that would be... Yeah. Is that how that works? Your system. I don't, we don't know. <laughs> Does it? I don't know. So, what experiments? So yeah, all, all of his so, experiments were prison-based. So the ball, like, he would take balls off of one inmate and put them on another. Oh, he hey, wasn't just putting prison baby balls into no. the population. Even so back then, there was no DNA because testing. You'd have to do it nowadays to test, and nobody would do it nowadays because you don't just balls so, But apparently that's part of organ so donation. Now I want to know if that works. The reason he was doing all these crazy experiments is because he wanted to find ways to lower the crime rate. 
So he was testing to see if he could increase the testosterone levels because dudes that are fucking all jacked and, you know, having roid rages and shit, they're probably going to go out and kill Do they people. do that transplant nowadays? And if they do, I is the know. baby the original, um, a new baby from the other person? Weird. Or a com- it'd be a chimera of both DNAs. Yes. But he, he would up. also... I don't think that is... Done you can't get a tra- it's just no. like fake ones to put I'm in there but no actual transplant. I don't think so. He also tried more. tried out plastic surgery because he thought ugly people were more likely to commit crime than beautiful people. Oh my god, what a dude. And he did that. He became so good at that that the warden made it mandatory for inmates to get a mugshot on their release. That way, it would be updated of their facial looks. Um, so, I'm going to interject here. I googled, can you get a testicle transplant? And what comes up is from, it's, it's from The Verge. Is that like The Onion? Or is that no, a no, real place? No, The Verge place? is like the buzz, the like real, BuzzFeed. Okay, so all, it says, technically, a, te- a testicle transplant is possible and would allow recipients to forego hormone replacement replacement therapy but the problem is that the, the transplanted organ could produce the donor's genetic offspring so if you had to get a ball transplant why would you use me i mean why don't well, we use anybody him? i mean but why <laughs> would why? you why would you have to have get to a ball balls. transplant that's what okay. i mean I, they're saying you could get it but if i got it transplanted it would be the i would have to use hormones but then i could get you pregnant by someone else basically and it would be different uh, dna so most people wouldn't want that so this guy he had a, a bunch of different ideas because remember his end goal is to figure out why criminals are criminals so at one point he said disease is disease causes crime so he would take out thyroids and shit like that he said he, he believed people that committed murder probably had overdeveloped thyroids and other people had underdeveloped pituitary glands. So he would take all that shit out. What was his actual title? What is he, he? he was a doctor. Just a just a, like a family practitioner? A prison doctor or whatever. Yeah. Or whatever. Quentin, so yeah. he could just do whatever he wants back then. But he, property. he found that the, the best results he had were gland replacement, which was taking organs off of one person, swapping them to another. What about the original guy? So, uh, it doesn't say anything else about that original guy. Testicle replacement has actually been around since the 1800s, and doctors in the United States and Europe have been grafting testicles into men and women in the hopes of increasing vitality, uh, reversing aging, and making (laughs) impotent men viral. Whenever Whenever he couldn't get donors for his testicle experiments, he would also use testicles from goats, boars, rams, or deer, and then put them into people. And he believed the body absorbed the testosterone, immediately boosting the donor's own waning hormones. And he he also said that that didn't always work, and a lot of times there were complications involved. Were the complications like a half big, half human baby? Centaur. So, Google. <laughs> so, centaurs, goddamn. So uh, he he started with less invasive procedures. He would take the donor testicles and mash them up into a paste, and then inject the mixture into the recipient's abdomen. Uh, he believed that was that worked at first, and then he realized that it didn't really work. 
and he also thought that pedophilia was caused by old age, the effects of which could practically be reversed with gland replacement. But yeah, that's uh, that's fucking nuts. Yeah. <laughs> nuts. <laughs> no pun intended. Rot. <laughs> yeah. So uh, he he worked all the way up until World War Two, and then he went away to be a medical doctor for the military. Military. So he was you know a field medic or whatever. And then when he came back, like, the state had taken over the prison and stuff, and he couldn't practice anymore. Or in in the prison. Yeah. Which is where he ideally wants to practice, because, you know, these people can't speak for themselves. They're criminals. That is fucking weird. That is fucking insane. Oh, my God. But, yeah, uh, at some point, he, he went through and got a vasectomy himself, Hoping that it would prolong his life, and he actually lived until he was ninety. Never had any kids, and that's a long time back then. Like that's not really that yeah. long now, yeah. but for back then, back, back, they died when they were like forty three. <laughs> they, they were over it. Back then, that is a, a really long lifespan. That's fucking crazy. Yeah. So yeah, that's all I got. Yeah, this dude was cutting balls off Cut, of people that just, just swapping <laughs> balls. Just I wonder, like, if any, like. Prisoners' rights shit came directly out of that. Like you're like you can't experiment on prisoners now. Like I wonder if any of that, like from a legal side, came. But if they were all, and I don't know if you said, were they all like on death row? Um, and then their donor thing would already be in effect. So it didn't really. No, your donor thing is not in effect. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sorry, we watched Repo Men. (laughs) No, yeah, Repo Men is a (laughs) way. It didn't. It didn't really specify if he got all of his his organs from people on death row or people that had already been executed, but he definitely got some from there. Yeah, and I guess if he, anything else would be like volunteer based, like, hey, does anybody want to do this? And we'll give you. you want to get your balls chopped off? <laughs> well, it, it'd be a thing like maybe they cut their sentence, like. Well, no, no. Like five years off your sentence. It would be a thing where, like, we'll give your family money if you volunteer to go through this because these people, they're locked up. They can't help their family. Well, so, but did did any of his shit turn out to be, um, did it work? Right. Like, was he right? If If he put young balls on an old pedophile, was he suddenly not a pedophile anymore? (laughs) Or, you know, what? I don't know. Probably not. But, yeah, that's all I got, so y'all continue on. Well, I've got, you know, I've got two. I've got one, though, that's semi-ball-related. Oh, they've got. <laughs> um, I, on my own, decided to call it turkey fuckers. I think it's called something else if you Google it. <laughs> but, for, okay, so, you know, like, every everybody is some sort of man. Like, you're an ass man, you're a boob man, you're a leg man, whatever. Um, In the 1960s, turkey biologists which is apparently a thing that you can be, at Pennsylvania State University decided that they wanted to know what kind of men turkeys were. And they were like, what what do turkeys find sexy about other turkeys? (laughs) What is the minimum stimulus to get a male turkey fucking excited? So what they did 
was they What's the least amount of gobble they'll Google up, Exactly. Right? What is the least amount of gobble that they need here? So what they did was they built a bunch of fucking fake-ass female turkeys, and then they let the male turkeys out, right? So it's just a bunch of men. And these fucking male turkeys were just trying to fuck the shit out of all of these fake turkeys. <laughs> so then they were like, let's start removing shit just piece by piece and see what happens. So they break off the wings, right? So now it's like a female turkey, but no wings. They didn't give shit. They was, they was fucking away. Like, break legs off. Fuck it. What are they doing? Take legs off. They don't give a shit. They're fucking. They're fucking. They're fucking. Um, after, they went all the way through to where it was literally a turkey head on a stick. <laughs> <laughs> the turkey, the male turkeys were still trying to fuck. <laughs> She just lost a lot of weight. So, they determined that turkeys were face men, (laughs) which is kind of sweet, right? Well, do they all have the same face? Well, I wondered that, too, and it didn't say. Like, uh, all turkeys look the same? I don't know. I've never seen a turkey in real life, I don't think. Um, But they're saying that the way turkeys fuck... The male like mounts the female and just shrouds every bit of her except for her face. So they think that that's all that there is. So when they think about fucking, all they think about is turkey face. (laughs) (laughs) So we have decided that turkeys are face men, and I'm going to continue to believe that that's super sweet. (laughs) Okay. I have literally no opinion on that. I have several opinions, such as, what the fuck is a turkey biologist? Why is that a job? And who needs to know this? (laughs) So turkeys are face men. Fantastic. Yeah. (laughs) I'm an arm bitch myself. Really? Yeah. Like arms. Huh. She likes triceps. Yeah. But not like the gross, veiny ones. You can get the fuck out of here with that. You just like the you feel, right? Oh, man, like, yeah. Fuck Dude, up when you go like this and there's like that little dip right there. Oh. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's probably the same noise turkeys make. <laughs> <laughs> and they're like, oh. oh. <laughs> and they do like a flap sound. <laughs> yeah, there's definitely some flapping going on. Face I don't like face. arms with the flap, though, y'all. <laughs> no arm flapping. I mean, tight arms. <laughs> so I am doing Einstein's stolen brain. So I'm not going to do any like background on Einstein because we all know basically who he was. He was a famous physicist. Oh and no, shit! Discovered the theory of. Together, I do like, know that it's super parts, wild right? to me the years that he was alive. Because when I think about Einstein, I think it was like hundreds of years ago. So no. He was alive in the 70s, wasn't he? No, no, no. He actually died uh, April 18th, 1955. Oh, uh, well. 40s and 50s. Still, yeah. I thought he was way back further than that. Yeah. So he died um, from a ruptured abdominal aorta. Um, and he was at Princeton Hospital in New Jersey. And he was 76 when he died. So um, the thing about Einstein is that he hated being famous, like, he didn't understand it at all. He didn't know why people wanted to look at him or, you know, wanted to talk to him or, or any of that. He wanted to just be in his office working on his problems. And, you know, he just hated the idea of 
people just wanting to come and like worship him. So he reportedly told his family and his doctors that he did not want to be studied when he died and that he wanted to be cremated and then scattered, his ashes scattered in secret. Like he didn't want any place where people would come and gather to like worship over him or anything because he thought that shit was weird as fuck. So when he died, Thomas Harvey um, was the pathologist on duty um, at Princeton Hospital, and he performed an autopsy on Albert Einstein. So before sending the body to the crematorium, like he was supposed to do, he decided that he was going to take Einstein's brain and his eyes. He decided that he was going to keep the brain for research, and then give the eyes to Einstein's ophthalmologist, which I have no idea why that was a thing. Like, I don't know if they knew each other or, like, had agreed beforehand. Like, it was so weird because the dude just happened to be on duty. I bet they knew the ball guy because they're all weird. They're probably all in the yeah, club. Yeah. Yeah, they knew the ball guy. <laughs> I collect eyes. I collect the balls. Yeah. Okay. So and everybody likes to have organs in a jar from out of high, you know? yeah. Of course, yeah. yeah, that was a huge thing in the 50s and 60s. That's all they did. Yeah, so, the, yeah, the, the whole taking the eyes for somebody else thing is, is super so weird, weird, and I really don't understand it. But Einstein was cremated on April 20th of 1955, so two days later. His son, Hans Albert, was furious when he found out what had happened. And I don't know how that happened either, but I'm guessing it kind of went along the lines of the guy gets him at the crematorium and is like, hey, your dad has no brain and no eyes. Like, I'm guessing that's how that happened. So, I guess he goes to the hospital, confronts people, eventually gets to Harvey, where Harvey managed to convince Hans Albert that it was in the interest of science to study Einstein's brain. So, he promised to conduct research in a respectful manner and, you know, publish in reputable journals and all of that, and Hans Albert's like, fine. Kind of hard to believe somebody that says, I'll respect your father. Right. Even though I just disrespected his final wishes and I took his fucking organs out. Right, right. But at that point, it had already been done. And it's like, I guess maybe he was hoping for the best. You know, like, I mean, I don't know. And there are people who say that Einstein really wouldn't have been upset by his brain being studied. But then there are others that would have said, no, he would have fucking hated that because he didn't want people, like, looking at him and, you know. So, that whole thing is kind of up in the air. So, Harvey took the brain, you know, with the reluctant permission of Einstein's son. He took photographs, and he had a painting commissioned of the brain. And then he cut the brain into... No, he weighed the brain first. He weighed the brain and found it to be 1,230 grams, which is actually less than average for a male his age, which is about 1,300 grams. And that's just an interesting factoid. Um, but he took photographs, had a painting commissioned, um, and then he cut the brain into 240 pieces. And he preserved them in a rubbery cellulose material. And he sent a lot of the pieces out because he wasn't a neurologist. He was a pathologist. So he sent them to brain people. 
I really do think he wanted to know the answers. Like, he went about it in a fucked up ass way. But, you know, <laughs> like, he did want to do the science. They jellied everything in the 50s, right? Yeah. That's where they even jellied his brain because they had no other way to store it. That's so yeah. creepy. Yeah, he wanted to do the science, so he sent, sent out all these samples. You know, he, he's got some, but he's sending out a lot. Um, he put the rest in jars and stored them in the basement. Of course, jars. <laughs> Always with the jars. Mad so, over the years, all kinds of stuff happened to Thomas Harvey. Um, but nothing's really happening with the research. He lost his job. He lost his wife. Um, he lost his medical license. Because of bad luck or because of this? Both. Like, partly both. Like, um, he, you know, he lost his job at Princeton, I think, hugely because of this. He lost his wife at one point because she's so sick of him devoting time to this shit that's not making him any fucking money. And at one point, she's like, I'm about to just throw it out. You know, I'm about to yeah, throw the brains out of my basement. <laughs> um, he actually loses his medical license, not over this, but he fails his competency exam. Yeah, because he's not. Yeah, apparently he's not a very good fucking doctor. <laughs> so, <laughs> so all kinds of shit is happening to him. But there's nothing happening with the brains. Like, the people he sent the brains out to are coming back and they're like, it it looks like a brain. It, lo- it looks like a normal fucking brain. <laughs> you know, and that's not what he what wants to do. What are you going to do in 1920 or whatever? Or, no, sorry, 1955 even. Shit. Yeah. Well, I mean, they're looking I mean, at it under the microscope. That's, as, and that's the, as much as they can do, really, a big microscope. There's yeah. no kind of test they can do. The, the smart thing would be to preserve it for, for, the, for the future, yeah. yeah. Hoping that the technology gets better, which it has yeah. now. But he's hoping that there is something structurally different about the brain that they can look at and say this is why Einstein's a fucking genius so after all this happened he's relocated multiple times he's you know like I said he's lost his wife and his career and all that stuff he's carrying the brains in jars in a beer cooler at this point (laughs) (laughs) Um, the first study on Einstein's brain wasn't published till 1985 and it was Harvey, and he collaborated with some scientists in California, and they compared Einstein's brain to 11 control brains. And the researchers claimed that Einstein's brain had an abnormal proportion of neurons and glial cells when compared to the control brains. His cells are different than these 11 others. There was also a 1996 study where Harvey partnered with a scientist in Alabama, and they reported that the tissue of Einstein's frontal cortex was thinner than that of control brains. There were four more studies um, published, each pointing out some anomaly in Einstein's brain. The problems with these six studies. um, All brains are different. So... I mean, there are some structural differences in everybody's brain. And these sample sizes were so small. We're looking at 11 brains here. We're looking at five brains here. Well, but then I was also going to ask, you said he cut it up into 240 fucking pieces. Did he know what he was doing? Like He would send probably a different yeah. part of the brain to each person. Like, But a did he understand what's cutting in the right spot? Yeah, he's a pathologist. Like, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, it wasn't that, yeah, that he cut wrong or anything like that. Um, it was more that, um, you know, A, 
the sample size is very small. And now we know that, you know, there's a lot of differences in brains. So looking at, you know, this brain, you know, has thinner tissue than these five other brains doesn't really mean anything because there might yeah. be 500,000 other brains. That's what I was thinking when you said they compared it to 11 controls. Like, there's 11 in one, there's five in another. Yeah, these are yeah. very small. So all 11 of them are going to be different. There's really no control in, in that study. Yeah. So another thing is that the control brains were fresh, whereas Einstein's brain has been in a beer cooler for 30 years. (laughs) (laughs) They did jellyfy it, though. Yeah. Lastly, all of the scientists knew they were looking at Einstein's brain, so they were looking for something to be different. So all of those things are are a problem with these studies. Um, And, you know, a lot of scientists have come out and said, yeah, I mean, it's bullshit. Even Even if his brain was different... There's no reason you can look at that difference and say that's what caused him to be a genius. Yeah. You know? And when you're looking for a pattern, your brain will make a pattern. Yeah. yeah. And it, it might not be there, really. Yeah. The thinner tissue here, like, even if that is, like, a total anomaly that doesn't exist anywhere else, that still might not be why he was a genius. Yeah. Um, so what happened to the brain? Harvey did try to return it to Einstein's granddaughter in the 1990s, and she was like, I don't don't want it. So what happened was he died in 2007, and in his will, he uh, directed the brain to be returned to Princeton Hospital, to the pathology department. So um, they have it there, but there are also slides um, at the Mutter Museum in Philadelphia. So you can see exhibits of it. So that is... The story of Einstein's brain. Whatever came of the eyes, I mean, you know. Yeah, like the eyes were never recovered, and nobody, <clears throat> I mean, I haven't seen anything. They're in somebody's basement in, like, Kansas or something. Well, they were like, given to the ophthalmologist, the but I don't know why. Like, just well, this week, I don't know if y'all heard what, about it. What do you get from that, like? Did you probably, probably just want to tell people I have Einstein's eyes. Just, yeah. a, just a memento. Yeah, I don't, I don't know that there were ever any studies or anything. They might be in a jar, like, you know. Like, they, just, yeah. they just found the famed director's cut of Martin this week from George Romero. It was found in somebody's basement. When you said Martin, I thought you were talking about Martin. <laughs> Me too. George Romero's Martin. Martin. <laughs> Damn, Gina. <laughs> Fire, fire one off, I'm right? Um, <laughs> Talamon is the Russian dog head experiment. Soviet scientist. His name was Vladimir Petrovich. I don't know if I'm pronouncing this, any of this right. Dimikov. I think that's how you pronounce it. I'm not 100% sure. He was born right. in uh, 1916, and he was just a Soviet scientist uh, who, like, at a really young age, like the ball guy, just decided he wanted to start doing some transplant shit. So he just did it. Because there was nobody to say he couldn't. Basically, it's how he got started. And after I looked him up, he's way more famous than I thought he was. I thought he just took dogs and grafted them to other dogs. He did that, you know, a bunch of times. But he started out as a pioneer in organ transplants. He's the first person to ever transplant transplant a fake heart, or they put it as uh, an auxiliary heart, into the chest of a warm-blooded animal. And it lived at all. 
Lived at all. What does yeah. that mean? Like, like it lived for a few hours, but he lived. started it because <laughs> other people thought that you they couldn't they couldn't even be done. Mm-hmm. Like you couldn't use a fake heart or any kind of organ transplant, so they would reject it. So he started just experimenting. If you could, he was the first person to ever uh, replace a heart with a what's called a homograft or the heart tissue of another animal. It lived for two hours afterwards, but that was the first time it happened. And other everybody else like based their stuff on his shit. He performed the very first. Uh, it's called internal mammary coronary anastomosis. It's a coronary artery bypass, what they do all the time now. Bypass. He did the very first fucking one, and everybody based their shit on his fucking work. He also did the very first uh, heart and lung replacement full in an animal. I think it lived for seven hours afterwards. But they had never lived at all after you know before, so I thought that was fucking crazy. I thought he just did the yes. dog shit. But he I mean, is like fucking huge. He is seven, seven hours shit. or even two hours is yeah. groundbreaking after something exactly, like that. Exactly, yeah. And this is back in the, like he started doing the dogs in the 50s. This was back in the 30s and 40s when there was no kind of research done at all. So he decided one day he got up and I'm going to start, see if I can take a dog's head off and make it live. Well, how would you make it live? We had already done the heart transplants and used a machine as a, you know, a fake heart outside the body. And then eventually transplant it inside. Well, if we cut the head off and use the same type of machine, will the head live? And it did. It, he could get it to live for like a few days where it's on this machine pumping blood, you know, cleaning everything, making it like a like fake heart basically. And it would still react to stimuli. It would, you know, look around, try to eat, even though it had no way to. So well, let's put one on a fake dog. So he, or I mean on a real dog. So he cut the head off, put it on another dog, connect it to the heart. Things which he perfected before with his artery bypass. And they would live for usually a day, sometimes less, uh, until like the mid-50s. He got one to live for six days. He attached a dog to a German Shepherd and it lived for six fucking days. Looking around, a smaller dog to the (coughs) neck of the German Shepherd. Hold on or just dog's head? Just the head. Just the head. It It would eat or try to eat. Try to bark at him, look around, move its head like full. Like there's videos of it online. You can see the dog's head just attached to the machine. I've seen the pictures. I don't know if I've ever you seen see, video. There's, I think, a video of the the dog. It looks like it's on a plate almost, and it's connected to tubes. That's the heart pump machine. That's what they put you on if you're on surgery now, and they're changing your heart. Basically, all his work is the basis for our modern organ transplants, heart transplants, the Jarvik heart, all that. He started because there were no kind of regulations in. Soviet Union in the you know early twenties and thirties, forties, fifties. Well, that that was it. I wish I had the name of the heart thing, but basically, like I, the whole the whole experiments was dog experiments, and I thought that's all he had done. But really, he started everything we know about transplants and whatnot. Most doctors wouldn't even try them because they thought the person receiving it would just immediately die, and they would until you got. Do y'all think that Sid from Toy Story is like an homage to that guy? Which, which Pretty was much, the yeah. weirdo kid yeah. that lived he, next door that put, like, the... the baby head on the spine. Oh, <laughs> Could be. Could be. I was getting, like, total reanimator vibes. Like, well, I was actually thinking much. basket case. Uh, yeah, no, oh, I, was th- actually, I, was th- yeah. I was thinking the, the head from reanimator, but without the dirtiness, I hope. I mean. No, I, I'm, I promise you there was some dirty shit going yeah. on. Yeah. How could there not be? 
Or the obvious, you know. But also with him talking about it like like the head on the table. How did none of us just go Frankenstein? We're all out here with Well Reanimator's pretty close Toy Story and fucking Reanimator's pretty close to Frankenstein, but when he was talking about like the head on the table hooked up, I was also thinking about the the droid head from uh Alien. Like you know, the doctor's head where they're talking to him. I don't remember that. I'm not an alien fan. <laughs> I know you're not. I know you're not. Okay, I'm not an alien sh- fan. Don't say it again. We don't need it. We <laughs> don't need <laughs> you're allowed to not be an alien. That's, that's enough that's blasphemy enough. for one night. <laughs> that is really interesting, though. Like, I was intrigued with the the dog head experiment, but to uh, to know that that guy is the base of all modern transplants. <clears throat> And fucking heart bypass. That's like they do that shit all yeah. day, every day. Without that, so many people would be dead. Like he, he was a good fucking scientist. He was just like That's crazy. basically he did so much shit. He got bored and was like, "Can I put a dog on another dog?" You know what? All he, right, and then tried it. You know what? He wasn't transplanting though. Balls. <laughs> no balls. Like he was not a ball guy. He was he was we, the head guy, not the ball guy. Because we already had a doctor for that. <laughs> yeah. Um. So I've got another one. And this one is actually a pioneer for some shit that we use today. Mine is the cat telephone. So, in 1929, Professor Ernest Glenn, I'm going to say Weaver, it's W-E-V-E-R. It looks like Weaver. So, I'm going to say Professor Ernest Ernest Glenn Weaver and his assistant, Charles William Bray, at Princeton University, transformed an unconscious but a live cat into a working telephone to test how sound is perceived by the auditory nerve. So the cat was sedated. They cut its head open. You know, it's still alive at this point. It's unconscious, though. Um, A telephone wire is attached to the auditory nerve, and then the other end is connected to a telephone receiver. Bray spoke into the cat's ears, while Weaver would listen through the receiver 50 feet away in a soundproof room to see if he could hear what was being said. Um, you know, he, they changed it up. Like, he talked faster, he talked louder, he talked softer, blah, blah, blah. Um, the common notion at that time was that the louder the sound, the higher the frequency, which is, you know, that's what it is. That's, that's what it's always been. So I really don't understand the reason for this, but whatever. Um... This experiment proved that, that frequency is correlated to the, the frequency of the response is correlated to the frequency of the sound. So they tried the experiment with other nerves, like they hooked it up to a, just like a weirdo nerve in the leg of this cat and nothing happened, you can't hear shit. It's not an auditory nerve. Um, they tried a whole bunch of different tissues. Like, what, if, what if we try to do it through the muscle? Can you hear it through muscle? No, you can't hear it through fucking muscle. None of that fucking worked. Um, it also said, it says they also restricted blood circulation to the cat's head. I'm assuming this is the last step because then the cat would be dead. No. It, it doesn't say. Does it still transmit if the cat's dead or only if it's alive? Well, it, Is it the nerve itself or the brain that's transmitting? And that actually makes sense. It says like it, they restricted well, blood like circulation the to the cat's head and it stopped. So they must have been so talking the, and restricted the, the blood flow during somehow. and then it stopped. Yeah, so dead crazy. people can't hear. We learned that. It's like the, the cat has a built-in digital analog converter, and once it dies, it can't... But it reminds me of um, telephone with the cans and the string. 
Yeah. But it's but it doesn't work like that because it doesn't work all the time. It has to be powered by the brain. So that's be, crazy yeah. that it does work like they that. They actually did win awards for this experiment and their research laid the foundation for Ashiari forgot. Cochlear co- cochlear cochlear implants. Cochlear implants. Yeah. Which are devices that nice. convert sound vibrations into electrical signals to the brain. So without them turning this cat into a fucking telephone, we might not have that. But for whatever reason these weirdos were like Cut this cat up and turn him into a telephone. See what happens. It's fascinating. Yeah, that's all I got for that. I told you both mine were short, but yeah, that's fucking wild. I feel like Thomas Edison tried to steal that and it didn't work. But I, I mean, I just don't understand why they did it because the notion at the time. Well, how else would they prove it? How else would you prove that your your ears don't hear? They are transmitting a signal to your brain. I you don't know. Do it to a human, and the only way to prove it would be it just feels to me like they already knew it. They did, but you have to prove it. You can know something that prove it. You can know something person. works, but you want to know how it yeah. works. It's the reason there's a proof for one plus one and all that crazy. Like, and the, the, otherwise, the you can tell one times one me. equals two. Like, what's his but name? But then it did say about both of them. You know, it was like the one guy was a professor and the other was his um, assistant. They didn't give a shit about that. They wanted to use that to make other stuff. They were like, we did this one fucked up experiment and we're super sorry about it. This fucked up. And like, they were like, this fucked up. Uh, but look what we figured out. Can y'all figure out like a way better way to do it than us? And so I thought that was cool because <laughs> they were like, please yeah. don't cut open more cats. Like, you know, we did it the one time. So I, yeah. I thought that was cool. <laughs> I mean, you know, everyone research is sad, but, you know, it's kind of a, a thing that has to happen. Yeah. You know? Like I've worked in science and, you know, I was in grad school for science and so I know that animals are used to first time. I mean, I've never heard of anything, like, I've never known anybody do anything this outrageous, but a lot of the labs I've worked in have had animal labs where those animals... I, I think killed. it's funny that you talk about turning a cat into a telephone is outrageous, but somebody transplanting a fucking dog head, you didn't say that was outrageous. <laughs> That is true. We're awful. That's normal. Somebody this is grabbed like a dog head. And I kind of feel like I need to give more money to the society <laughs> right now. But We're sorry, animals. We love yeah. y'all. Although, I should say that my birthday fundraiser, I sent $100 to the Pickens County Humane Society. That's true. So thank you for everybody who donated to Kelly's thing. Thank you, everybody. <laughs> um. So. Yeah, that's it. Final thoughts. What y'all think about balls? Oh, and we have to do uh, <laughs> We do our final thoughts, From and then we'll do that. Oh, well, I didn't know. Yeah. Right, though, right? Yeah, sure, whatever. <laughs> I thought normally we'd uh, do it in the middle episode. No, it's not. It's probably last. Oh, y'all okay. gotta listen to all oh, my I'm bullshit sure. for y'all. That's advertisements right. for yeah. anybody else. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I don't give a shit. We know what the fuck we're doing. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, so, ball well, transplants, I'm still with Kelly. I don't understand why you would ever need it. Yeah, I... I don't, I don't see that being a thing. If you don't want to take hormones the rest of your life, if it was made naturally, that would be helpful. So, and, and the research the guy did was actually, I mean, pretty smart because he's trying to lower crime. Yeah, well, I mean, I understand. And so he's experimenting all these different ways that he thinks turn people into criminals. All the different hormones and shit like that. What do y'all think about the turkey fuckers? Turkeys are face men. Is that sweet or is that just fucking they, weird? They love the beat. It's just the way it is. <laughs> And they don't care about anything else. They don't need legs. <laughs> Beacon that little thing that hangs down or whatever. It's, it's I, I, I Beacon a floppy hawk. Or whatever they got the thing underneath, yeah. yeah. I'd like to know <clears throat> what 
came of that? Like, I mean, did, those did they do anything oh, with that? Did they came of that? The turkey. Well, did, I mean, did they get their did they get their doctorates? Oh, did they go on and do more turkey research? Or? <laughs> I fucking hope so. <laughs> you know, Join us next time for Turkey Fuckers. Part How many two. papers did they write on turkey? If turkey? you are Multiple. a turkey. Fucker researcher, please contact us at drugtheorypodcast at gmail.com. Um, if you mentally masturbate cage animals for artificial insemination like clerks, please also and contact us. Whenever you buy your Thanksgiving turkey this year, wonder if they took the head off and had it <laughs> fucked by another turkey. Yeah. Or was this oh, turkey Jesus. previously fucking another just turkey head? Hi. You don't know. You're about to eat yeah. it up. Gobble, gobble. Where'd the head go to that turkey you're about to eat? Maybe it's out well, there. Well, you know, I've and actually asked that question before. Like, I used to never understand what happened to, like, the chicken faces. They grind them up and feed them to the, the animals. They feed them back to them. <laughs> yeah. Oh, also, also, like Kelly said, hot dogs. I <laughs> know, <laughs> you will not ruin hot dogs for me. I was trying to talk about hot dogs. Pretend that isn't a thing. Hot dogs are my favorite. Uh, <laughs> Pot, potted meat, hot dogs, all. all I that. don't know what potted Spam. meat. I don't know why people Spam. eat potted meat. Because it's delicious. Uh, <laughs> I don't eat potted meat, but he does. He all, does. all that mystery meat shit is yeah. is the leftover it's part. I know when I was little, I liked spam, things. but I haven't had spam in a since good we've been thirty years. Yeah. Maybe it's been a long time. I'm not a huge fan of spam. I'll eat it, but uh, they have I'm, different flavors of spam now. Yeah, I'm you not get, like mesquite barbecue spam. <laughs> I'm not going out of my way to no. buy spam. No. I'm cooking spam for Thanksgiving. <laughs> <laughs> I'm spam burgers. A spam platter. <laughs> you don't want anybody to show up at your house. Fuck <laughs> y'all stay home. <laughs> All right. Um, star draft, Kelly. Uh, Tell them we're doing Star Draft. We, we are doing Star Draft. So this is like fantasy football, except for it's for musicians and actors and actresses. So, so it's like the non-nerd version of fantasy football. No, it's the more nerd version <laughs> yeah. of fantasy football. Yeah, they don't get points. <laughs> they don't get points. They get yeah. points. Yeah. They're not actual points in a game, but they're just, they we're, we're assigning the points. Get, That's nerdier than. So if you draft Lady Gaga and she gets a Grammy, you get some points. This that is, is way nerdier, yeah. This is worse. <laughs> this is fantasy football meets Hollywood. Yeah, and exactly. This, that sounds way so better. So, we have Se- a league. Season two. We have a public league. That's it true, is. and anybody who's been with us since the beginning, y'all know we did this last year, we so did. we are once again doing this. So um, Find us. It's Drunk Theory 2021 is the name of our league because we just fucked this shit all up. And <laughs> we did. Yeah. We got like 100 leagues out there, but it's Drunk Theory 2021. There's only 12 spots. We're half full, you guys. Yep. I just filled up number five, I think, or six. So yeah. You were number six, I think. Yeah. So, so come play with us. Um, anybody got anything else? Nope. That's it. Well, we got a promo this week for Oblivion Bar. So here you go. Do your hobbies include comic books, movies, television, and or video games? Are you always behind with the latest news in the world of nerd? Well, look no further than the Oblivion Bar, a nerd culture podcast. Oh, great Scott! Hosted by Chris Hacker and Aaron Knowles, the Oblivion Bar offers a weekly review of all the latest breaking news, in-depth discussions far beyond whether Han shot first, and newsletter section, where you, the listener, send in your questions to be answered live on the show. New episodes every Monday, available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, 
iHeartRadio, and Google Podcasts. I'm just so, so freaking excited! You can also find us on Twitter, at OblivionBarPod. Come join us at the Oblivion Bar Podcast. Hope to see you there. All right. And I guess that's it. <laughs> Thank you all so much. Thank you so much. We love you. Bye. Bye. Fucking fans. They're getting drunk. They're getting drunk. They're getting drunk.